The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. What's up, America? Welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. To join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at LeMontWilliamsSports at Yahoo.com. Jacob, how is everything going? Well, I think you uh, jinxed me last week, Lamont. My air-conditioned unit went out yesterday. <laughs> man, that's no good, especially in this Houston heat, man. Uh, did you get it fixed? Uh, not yet. Yeah, you need to get that fixed ASAP, man. Uh, I got mine. It took me a while to get my my AC fixed, but we up and running over here, man. Uh, uh, my week so far been bittersweet, man. We lost Icon. We buried an Icon this week, as well as we lost a, a great football player. But let's go ahead and talk about the show. Today's show, we'll we'll talk, you know, Wimbledon tennis, uh, the Williams sisters uh, matchup from this past weekend. We'll discuss the Major League Baseball All Star selection, recap the NBA trades, and the Houston Rockets 2009 plans for this season coming up. Uh, we'll go around the NFL, but first, Jacob, let's go ahead and send our condolences and our prayers to Steve McNair, family, uh, his friends, and his fans. Uh, Steve McNair was 36 years old. He was murdered uh, with his 20-year-old girlfriend dead at his feet at a Nashville condo uh, this past weekend. And this afternoon, uh, police confirmed that it was a murder-suicide. Steve McNair was married with four sons. He was a three-time pro bowler. Uh, he shared the NFL uh, MVP award with Peyton Manning in 2003. But most important, Jacob, man, my, uh, what I remember Steve uh, uh, most about was that he was a legend, especially in the HBCUs. Uh, we both are products from uh, HBCU, me graduating from Howard University, and you graduating from Southern. And uh, McNair went to Alcorn State. Uh, I remember back when I was in middle school in 94 and, and, and sitting down with my cousins watching McNair play on a, on a national televised game on TV. I thought that was amazing. And that kind of helped me with my process when it was time for me to get recruited in college. Uh, when the big schools turned away from me and the HBCUs were still there, I always reflect on Steve McNair's experience there as well as uh, Jerry Rice and Walter Payton. Well, I'll tell you what, Lamont. You know, me coming from the SWAC and, and being a graduate of Southern, I had a chance to watch him, you know, a couple of seasons while he was at Alcorn. And when I first saw him, Lamont, I, I you know, I said to myself, you know, wow, that guy has a really nice arm. Uh, but the thing that I remembered about him, they came to Southern to play in a game, and it was the fourth quarter, 
and I think he was down. I think they were on their four-yard line, uh, and Southern was trying to get a safety with a sack. I remember the defensive lineman grabbing him in the end zone, and prior to Steve McNair going to the ground, he flipped the ball, or he threw the ball. I mean, it was on a rope at least 45 yards to one of his receivers. And I said to myself right there, that guy can play football. And he, he was a man, he was a great person, great personality, got a chance to meet him. Uh, you know, the, we have truly, truly lost a good person uh, in Steve McNair. I definitely agree with that. I had an opportunity to meet him last year. Uh, he came down to the Vince Young football camp and, I was out there with the uh, Hydromax pack, and we was out there together. Matter of fact, you went to your son's. I remember AU, that. You went to your son's AU basketball game, and he came out there a little later, and we had a chance to converse and just talk football. And uh, from the little time I had a chance to talk with him, man, he seemed like a great guy, humble guy, country boy, man. And, you know, I'm a former country boy. Country boys get along with anybody, but uh, man, uh, one thing you know, now that I'm a part of the media, with the radio show, and, and covering the Texas and different things like that, I think they're trying to. Paint a, a different picture on my man, Steve McNair. Uh, they're trying to use his snapshot as, you know, trying to tarnish his legacy. And, and you know, I'm not condoning infidelity. I know uh, what took place with him and that young lady is, is between them two. And, and they were growing up, so they, you know, they made a decision, a bad decision at that. But uh, I really feel, you know, a deep sympathy for, for the family, uh, for his boys, uh, as well as uh, uh, Miss uh, Kasimi's family as well. So, all in all, man, I just, you know, I want to send our condolences out to uh, Steve McNair's family, friends, and fans. Well, Lamont, you talk about, you know, people being judgmental. And uh, I think I heard one of the uh, media outlets talk about, you know, he had this night and day personality. You know, people don't understand that, you know, you know, we, we buy tickets to go and watch these guys play, and I think what we should do is we should concentrate on when we buy that ticket, we watch that entertainer for X number of hours until that game is over with. We leave the stadium. I don't think we should be concerned after that game what goes on with that guy, with his family or anything. When we leave the stadium, no one is concerned about what's going on with us other than our family members. But for some apparent reason, you know, we stay into their lives and we treat, you know, we put them on these pedestals and, you know, they become a part of us. And, uh, you know, but over, overall, I think Steve McNair was a, was a very, very good person. Yes, he made a bad decision, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it should tarnish his legacy. No, and, and, and I think uh, the Tennessee organization, Tennessee Titan organization is doing a great job. I honor him tomorrow, and he's having the service on Saturday. So, again, we want to send our condolences out to Steve McNair's family, as well as Mrs. Uh, uh, Kazemi. I think I pronounced that right, family as well. So Absolutely. So uh, let's go ahead and move forward with the rest of the show, Jacob. Uh, we're going to stay along. We, we talked about Dante Stallworth quite a bit the last couple of weeks, and, and I, I want to kind of veer away from it, but it, it was an article that came out last week that kind of pulled me back to it. Uh, Florida Judge Dennis Murphy you know, he, re- he refused to release the surveillance video depicting the Dante Stallworth accident that was caught on camera. And once I read that article, I was like, man, that's, that was a great move by the judge. Because uh, last week they revealed and released, not revealed, but it was uh, released that the, uh, the audio tape from the, from the accident when uh, Dante Stallworth called the cops and reported the incident. And, you know what, I, I think that now that, you know, it's finalized. Dante's, you know, he's he's going to serve his penalty for his thirty days in jail and been suspended by NFL. I think it was a good move, 
for Dante as well as the Reyes family to move, you know, move forward with this opportunity. I mean, for this grieving process and kind of put that behind them and, and just, just, just. It's kind of hard to move forward with that situation because somebody lost a life. But I think revealing that take will only hurt it, not help. Well, you definitely want to bring closure to a situation like this. And, I, and I, you know, you're absolutely correct. I think the judge made a great decision in not allowing that video to be shown because, you know, I'm assuming his family is, you know, the person who was killed, their family is healing. And, you know, that healing process is probably almost complete. And why, why would you want to bring out video that's going to resurface, you know, what happened? And so I think this was a great move as well. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk a little NFL. Uh, far as players and, and Calvin Pace, linebacker for the New, New York Jets, uh, was suspended for four games in a regular season for violating the league's performance enhancing substance policy. Uh, Pace pretty much stated that uh, his suspension stems from an over, over-the-counter uh, supplement that he bought, and you know, uh, I'm, I'm you know that excuse has been used a lot lately throughout baseball and, and football and. And being a former player and, and for these active players out there, it's very important for them to know what kind of supplements they put in their body. And for you, you know, for guys to constantly say, well, I didn't know what was in it, but it was benefiting from it. I just think that's, that's not a great excuse. And it looks bad not just on him as well as the organization. Well, I tell you what, Lamont, you know, in situations like this, you know, these guys already have a nutritionist on board, and, you know, the nutritionist determine what, you know, what those guys eat. Why not just go ahead and, and have that nutritionist decide what type of supplements, what type of vitamins, you know, what type of energy drinks those guys, you know, they're going to drink or take, and you eliminate that, that concern that guys have when they, you know, take supplements like that over the counter. So, you know, I hate to see stuff like this with Kevin. I mean, he just signed a big contract, you know, six, I think it was six years, $42 million. Uh, he's in his second year of that contract. But, uh, you know, they need to do, uh, those guys need to do a better job of watching what they take. Yeah, and you, you mentioned it, nutritionists and, and, and consulting with people that's within the organization. And the league does a great job with that as far as having people available for consulting and Every year, though, let's, let's move forward and talk about the NFL Rookie Symposium, which wrapped up last week. Every year uh, of the year, uh, the NFL holds an annual educational event for the NFL rookies making that transition from college to pros. And they talk about certain things like money management, girls, uh, uh, how to deal with the fans and the media. Uh, Jacob, I didn't have the privilege to attend this event because I was a free agent. However, when I was with with the Redskins, I had the opportunity to learn from a former player, uh, Hall of Famer Daryl Green. And one of the things Daryl Green uh, mentioned to me was uh, living within your means. He said, uh, he, I can remember he said that live within your means so when you're done playing the ball, you can live without, live outside of your means. And at the time when he stated to that, that to me, I really didn't understand what he was saying. But now that I'm out here in the real world working, I kind of it, it goes full circle and it makes perfect sense. Well, I'll tell you what, Lamont, this is a great class for rookies you know, to have available to them uh, as they make that transition from college to NFL. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of how much information they're able to absorb and how much they're going to take to heart. Uh, because, you know, once they get out there and that money is in the bank account, it's, you know, temptation is, is, is great. So uh, it, it's good to have this uh, class for them. And, you know, I hope most of them uh, take heart to what was said in those classes. Yeah, real quick, we got less than two minutes for our break, so I want to touch base on this. If we don't have enough time, we'll finish up in the second segment. Uh, the UFL, the United Football League, kind of debuts, or make their debuts this year in October, and they consider signing Michael Vick. 
Um, and I like this, man. I love this this opportunity for Vic. Uh, if he's really serious about getting back into football, uh, depending on what the commissioner do with him in the NFL, I think it would be a great way for Mike to get back into football shape, as well as the second reason I like it is, is bring exposure to the UFL. Uh, and hopefully I hope the league kind of do a joint venture with them so they can do like a development league like the NBA with the D League. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things that I like about this new league is every player in that league has to commit 100 hours to community service. Uh, and, and I think that's great. Uh, and I think that's why this is going to fit Michael Vick really well. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him to uh, springboard back into the NFL. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully it'll help him. Yeah, real quick before we go to break, I want to give the listeners an update on uh, William from Refrigerated Perry from what is reported. said he's recovering well and he's improving. So when we come back from this break, Jacob, we'll talk about NBA trades next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannons. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of its canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, this segment, we got quite a bit. We got quite enough material to talk about NBA trades and different things like that. So let's go ahead and start off with our Rockets and work our way down to some other teams. Uh, Houston Rockets, Yao Ming, still waiting a week to decide on his foot surgery. Uh, Yao Ming pretty much, and, and the fans here in Houston are questioning his, his hairline fracture that he suffered during the playoffs in the, uh, against the Lakers. Uh, it was rumored that he could be out next the whole next season as well as potentially in his career. Uh, Jacob, do you think Yao Ming should move forward with the surgery? 
Uh, I, I personally, I do. I, I really think he should move forward with the surgery. Go ahead and get the surgery over and in. You know, make a decision whether he's going to come back and you know play next season or whether he's going to you know just pretty much retire. I think the longer he prolongs the surgery, you know, it, it doesn't give. My thing with this whole situation is he's trying to determine whether he's going to have the surgery and be out for an extended period of time or whether he's just going to let it try and heal on its own and hopefully return to the Rockets. Why not go ahead and have the surgery, correct the problem, then it gives the Rockets an avenue in terms of, okay, he's not healing, you know, the way we want him to heal. We can move forward and bring some other people in. But, you know, as long as he prolonged the uh, foot surgery, I think, you know, it's going to take the Rockets a while to bring somebody in. Yeah, I think I think his previous uh, sur- with his previous surgery history, uh, I think he should get the surgery uh, with, with the ones he had before with the broken leg and uh, the fracture before in his foot. He healed pretty well, but I don't I don't see him really making an impact after the All Star break. And hopefully, if we can hang around, when I say we, the Houston Rockets, can hang around and and, and make it competitive uh, within the conference, and maybe we do something with T uh, Mac. Maybe T Mac might come back and surprise everybody here in Houston, but. Uh, I think he should move forward as well with that surgery. Uh, let's, sticking with the Rockets, we have lost a key key component to this year's team, which he's no longer with us, is Ron Artest. He left the Rockets and signed an agreement with the Lakers. Uh, he signed a multi-year contract. Uh, I think they reported somewhere like $35 million if he signed a five-year deal or three-year deal for $18 million. But uh, I didn't see this coming, uh, uh, Jacob. Me, uh, to be honest with you, it was a surprise pickup from, in my opinion. Uh, uh, I think picking up Ron Artest now will allow them to re-sign Larry, uh, Lamar Odom, as well as Artest will bring a, a different different flavor to to the Lakers. I think with his uh, uh, defensive ability to guard anybody on the perimeter, as well as you got to respect his offensive games. I mean, some games he played here with the Rockets, he was inconsistent, but it was some nights he showed up big for the Rockets. Well, I tell you what, man. It- if 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 you're in a boxing match, this this is a classic uppercut you were you weren't expecting. You know, no one in Houston expected Ron Artest to uh, make that move and go over to the Lakers. But here's what he brings to the Lakers: he brings attitude, he brings finesse. Uh, you know, he's going to eventually. You know, every night Kobe guards the best player on the other teams. Guess what? Now Ron Artest has that job. Now Kobe can relax and concentrate offensively on what the Lakers are doing. And I think it's a great addition to that team. Lamont, I've already punched those guys in in the 2010 NBA Finals. Well, I can't go that far and say that. they got to play the game first. I mean, it looks good on paper, but they got to play first. But what I can say, that, it, it, that this move reminds me of sort of like the Bulls of the 90s. Uh, I think uh, nowadays our test is kind of our, our – our Dennis Rodman, he's kind of like he's corking his own little way with the with the Mohawk haircuts and and, and being aggressive on the court and, and kind of being a, a, a loose cannon in a good way for the game, not in a bad way. But uh, I think signing Ron Artest kind of persuade Phil Jackson uh, to return to the Lakers. Uh, I think if Phil is able to keep Artest under control. Uh, and like I said, I stated earlier, kind of like the Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan situation with Kobe now and Artest. And, and for some reason, man, people not Phil Jackson saying that he's not a coach. He's just a coach. I mean, he's not a great coach. He just has, is a coach with great players. I think, you know, from watching Phil from, from the time I've been watching from the Bulls now to the Lakers, he, he does a great job of maximizing players' potential and ability on the court and putting that all and gelling that all together to make it work.
Well, one of the things I like about Phil Jackson as a coach, Lamont, Lamont, is he allow players to play. I mean, you're never going to see Phil Jackson standing up screaming at someone. He allow guys to make mistakes, and he allow guys to correct the mistake. You know, when they signed, when the Lakers signed Ron Artest, I know Phil Jackson was thinking of those Chicago Bulls teams. Now you have a Dennis Rodman-type player. Uh, you know, prior to Dennis Rodman coming to Chicago, Michael Jordan was scoring. But he wasn't winning. Dennis Rodman comes over. Now Michael Jordan, you know, he wins titles. And I think Phil Jackson was looking at that same situation, you know, with his Los Angeles Lakers. But he allowed players to play, and that's what I like about him. Yeah, Phil is a is a player's coach, but he's he's very humble and he's very laid back. So he allowed guys to work their way through uh, tough times as well as, you know, let guys play and develop on the court. Now that the Rockets took our player, we swapped for their player, Trevor Reza, you know, uh, made a verbal agreement to sign with the Rockets, a three-year deal uh, similar to, like, uh, our test for $18 million. Uh, you know, one week, you know, a couple of days ago, we was talking about getting the, the, the center uh, Gortet, uh, Gortat, I'm sorry, from uh, Orlando to help us uh, with this Yao Ming situation. Now, you know, out of nowhere, we get Trevor Reza. And, you know, Trevor Reza played great great ball in the NBA playoffs. He, he, he took advantage of the opportunity when they doubled on Kobe. He was able to hit the wide-open shots, and he played great defense. However, I don't think this pick is, is a good pick for the Rockets. Normally when you get free agent picks in the free agent market, you get guys that can take you over that hump. And the fact that we made it to the second round for the first time in a long time, I really don't see Trevor Reza helping us now get to the promised land, which is the NBA Finals. Well, I don't think he's going to help us get to the promised land. I think what he brings to the Houston Rockets when he signs that contract is he brings an offensive side uh, uh, to the Rockets at that three or four position. But you've got to understand, it's still verbally, because it's my understanding that you know LeBron has spoken to Ariza about coming over to Cleveland and joining him. So, you know, the Rockets have to ink Ariza first before he can, you know, before he can help, you know, help the Rockets. But I, but I think, you know, he's going to be a good addition. I think it's going to take a couple of years for him to fit into, you know, what Rick Adelman is trying to do. Uh, but, you know, I think everything goes back to that center position when it comes to Houston. Yeah, it'll be very exciting to see what Trevor Ariza can put together for us on the offense side, half court set. For the most part, what I can remember, Trevor Reza, him stealing the ball, a lot of fast break points, transition points, as well as great defense. But I want to see him in a half-court set, uh, kind of, you know, making, you know, different half-court set instead of the triangle offense that the Lakers have been running, which is well, great. Well, I tell you what, Lamont, you got a great point guard. And, and if Tracy McGrady comes back in, in the condition that we all want him to come back in, then you have a really good number two. Ariza putting him at number three is very offensive-minded. Uh, and then, you know, you have Scholar at number four. So you really yeah, have a I, really I don't, good I don't, team. It's the center position, again, that I think is going to be the problem for Houston this year. I, don't, I can't see Trevor Reason coming in and, and, and beating out Shane Battier. You don't forget, their game is very similar. So, in my opinion, they're both great outside shooters. And they play tremendous defense. They play very good defense as that. So I want to see how this is going to play out. Uh, uh, I think Shane Battier will give him a run for his money for that position. So let's go ahead and move forward. So you're forward. saying but, that you, you think Shane, Shane Battier is a better offensive-minded? I know both of them are good defensive players. Mm -hmm. But you think Shane Battier is a better offensive player than Ariza? 
Uh, yes, I think so. From a half court set and what we normally like to run here in Houston, you know, don't don't bring in the fact that what they ran out there in L.A. You got to know that if he made a verbal uh, agreement, now a deal is not a deal until it's signed. But exactly. with that being said, if he comes over here with Rick Adelman type of offense, he will be playing a you know half court set, not a not a wide open triangle offense. So I really don't see how he can fit in with that. Yeah, we have a great point guard in Aaron Brooks, but. I mean, a decent, above-average point guard, not a great point guard, but he's coming coming along slowly. But I, I really don't see Trevor Ariza right now fitting in the puzzle and making it. And make, getting this, it's all about getting to that next level. We got to the second round. We need to get to the finals. Can he help us get to the finals? I don't think so. Just okay, my- so do you think Trevor Ariza should sign with Cleveland, you know, having Shaq and LeBron's, do you think Trevor Ariza can take Cleveland to the next level, which is that championship? Yes. If he goes to that, that equation over there, I think he can help them get to the championship because you have your key. They have their T-Mac over there, which is LeBron James. You know, they have their franchise guy, and they have a guy which is Shaq in the middle. And they have great picks, I mean, great players around that, supporting players. They have Mo Williams as well as uh, – uh, what's the point guard uh, that comes off the They have West. They also West, have Gibson have West and all the there. other guys. So I think he'll be a great component over there. But, we, you know, T-Mac is T-Mac. Until he comes back from his injury and produce, we got to go for what it is. You know, you're only as good as your last play. So I can't remember his last play. So until then, we got to go what we got. And what we have is Yao, he's hurt. So you got to, you know, it's, it's question marks on that. Then we have, you know, Shane Battier, Scola. You know, Scola's consistent. He played pretty much the whole season. We need some scores, man. We need some guys to come in that's going to get to the paint and make a difference, not guys who can come in and feed off other guys. Right. So let's go ahead and move on, talk about the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Barry, uh, Brent, I mean, uh, Ben Gordon and Charlie uh, Villaweda. I mean, I'm, I'm eating these, la- these names up today, but it's all good. Uh, Gordon, he signed a five-year deal with the Detroit Pistons, and Charlie signed a five-year deal as well uh, with the Detroit Pistons. Detroit really didn't make a splash in the NBA draft, Jacob, but they're, they're really starting to pick it up in this free agent market. Okay. Uh, no, they didn't make a splash. You caught me off guard there. No, they didn't make a splash, and I'm really trying to figure out where they are picking it up in terms of the, the – the, uh, free agency because to me the Detroit Pistons are an organization number one that don't have a clue what is going on at the top and number two they're losing some of their best players and I think they are clearly in a rebuilding mode right now yeah I without a head coach you don't know what kind of direction identity they're gonna have and uh I think you know Ben Gordon brings value to the uh to the to the Pistons as well as uh, Charlie, I think he, he brings a solid play in the front court, which he will be replacing uh, Rasheed Wallace that verbally committed to, uh, to the Celtics. So, I mean, until they get a head coach, I really don't know what direction they're going to go. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, with less than a minute, let's go ahead and take a break now, Jacob. When we come back, we can continue to start with the NBA discussion as well as uh, uh, tennis. Next one, Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. A beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Mega Life and Health Insurance Company can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and individuals just like you who need affordable health insurance to get it. So call us right now. 888-459-4825. 888 4825 Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, call us now and see how we can help you. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. Home office, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states. Benefits may vary by state. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, we got in a nice little discussion about the Detroit Pistons. So let's go and Ben Gordon. So let's go and stay along those lines. Uh, you know, with, with the Bulls pretty much committing to the defense uh, this offseason and, and heading and moving forward, 
Do you think it was a good move for them to let Ben Gordon go? Absolutely. You know, here's my thing with Ben Gordon. You know, the Chicago Bulls had a great series with the Boston Celtics. And I felt like Ben Gordon showed up in certain games. He didn't show up in every game. And I think that that's something that the Chicago Bulls looked at. I think he was also overshadowed by Derrick Rose in that playoff, in the playoffs. So I felt like Chicago felt like they could get an above-average player, maybe with a little less experience than Ben Gordon, but you can get him a whole lot cheaper than what, you were, than what Ben Gordon wanted uh, in a contract, and I think that's why they did not make an offer to him. Now, with him going over to Detroit, I'm trying to figure out how Detroit is going to fit him in that system because you already have Rip Hamilton at that number two shooting position. So, you know, is Ben Gordon going to go to the point? I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to make use of Ben Gordon. And, again, picking up Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanova, I felt like Detroit was taking a step back instead of taking a step forward. Well, it all all, remains remains to be seen in the near future. I think uh, Ben Gordon – Without a coach, man, it's kind of hard to decide what they're going to do. I don't know what direction they're going to go. I don't know what's their identity. I don't know if they're going to be, you know, up up the court, you know, Dan Tony type of offense out of New York, or I don't know if they're going to be a half court set type of offense. But uh, they might run a three guard set. You know, they have. Well, you ooh, never know. They're going to have to do something because you got to understand they lost Rasheed Wallace to Boston, and now they're losing Antonio McDice to San Antonio. So I mean, they really have no front court. And they're going to have to make a lot of adjustments. And you may be right. Maybe they're going to a three-guard set with, you know, two strong forwards. But, uh, and, and losing Rasheed and also Antonio McDice, is pr- and, 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 and it's my understanding that Allen Iverson may be leaving. It's, it's pretty obvious to me that Joe Dumar is beginning to head into a rebuilding mode. Yeah, yeah, that that chemistry they had a couple of years ago when they won, and I think it was 2004. He's kind of starting over, and you know when he you said rebuilding mode, he had uh, speaking of Joe Dumars, you know I'm trying to segue into the fact that he came down here to Houston this past weekend. I think you know, it was reported last Sunday that he came down to visit Avery Johnson, your good friend, about the coaching vacancy. Uh, but then this past Tuesday, Avery Johnson, you know, it was reported Avery Johnson, you know, will not be taking a new head coaching job in Detroit. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe Dumar came down on Sunday to talk to Avery, and, you know, they were trying to iron out some things. Joe Dumar really don't want to commit on a long term to a coach. You have to understand, if, if he decides to take Avery Johnson as the head coach, the Dallas Mavericks still owe Avery Johnson $8 million. Detroit Pistons owe Mike Curry $5 million. So if if Joe Dumars take Avery Johnson and pay him more than what he made at Dallas, then the Detroit Pistons have to pick up that $8 million that the Dallas Mavericks owe Avery Johnson. You also still have the $5 million from Michael Curry. Another thing that snagged this deal, Avery Johnson wanted three years guaranteed because it was pretty obvious to him that they were in a rebuilding mode with the fourth year as an option. Joe Dumar only wanted to give two years guarantee with a third-year option. And, Lamont, if you're rebuilding a team, you're going to need some time in order to do that. And I think that's where the problem came in. Joe Dumar was not willing to give Avery enough time to build that team up. 
So, so basically, what you saying in a nutshell? You don't think Joe Mar- Joe Dumars is doing a, re- a great job right now as a general manager? I'm not saying he's not doing a great job as a general manager. I think Joe Dumar is, you know, I actually had this conversation the other day with uh, one of Houston Rockets' former player, Robert Reed. We were talking about has Joe Dumar become complacent as a general manager at Detroit? And one of the things as a general manager you want to do is you want to make sure that the guys you have on the floor that's producing for you are going to stay around and play for you. Well, for Rasheed Wallace to opt out and go to Boston and for Antonio McDonough to say, hey, I'm out of here, I'm going to San Antonio, it pretty much tells me that those guys were not happy under Joe Dumar as a general manager. Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, I like Joe. I like him as a former player. You know, I stated before I'm a former a big fan of the Bad Boys era, Bad Boys, Detroit Pistons. But uh, calm down, man. It's like every time we talk about Avery, you get all riled up and, and nervous. I know you're a good friend, man, but calm down a little bit. Man. It's all like it's, we're just talking sports, Jacob. Don't, don't, don't take it too personal. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and segue into Rasheed Wallace. You mentioned Rasheed Wallace signing the uh, two-year deal with the Boston Celtics, man. Uh, I like this pick. I like this pick, you know, with, with Rasheed and his leadership. Well, not his leadership because, you know, he got bad body at work. But with his experience and now coming along, playing with the big three, with Garnett, uh, uh, Ray Allen, and, and Paul Pierce, I think, you know, you know, Rasheed would be a great fit for him. You know, he, he'd get that different look uh, with the low post uh, present as well as taking it out to the three-point arc and knocking down some threes. Uh, uh, if they find a way to be able to – it's all about chemistry and then basketball because it's – what, 12, 15 guys of that? So, you know, if you have a couple of guys that's not on the same page, that can kind of kill the ship and, and you never go anywhere. Well, I'll tell you what, before I talk about Rasheed Wallace, I, I, you know, I, was, I wasn't excited about the fact that Avery didn't take the job. I thought Joe Dumars had a perfect situation and he let it get away. Uh, but t- in talking about Rasheed Wallace going from the Pistons to the Boston Celtics, I think Rasheed Wallace is going to uh, take Boston to another level because he plays so well when he's play, you know when he's when he's surrounded by talent. And in this situation, I think Boston has just with with the, with the selection of or with picking up Rasheed Wallace. I think Boston pretty much solidified themselves as the number one team in the Eastern Conference because you have Kevin Garnett coming back with Rasheed Wallace, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Ronda. I I mean, that's a great combination for Boston, and I think Doc Rivers is going to make that work for them. Yeah, I I think the switch, I mean, I think the momentum now switched back to the East. It was out in the West for a while. Now, you know, with the Cleveland Cavaliers getting the Shaq and Orlando getting – uh, getting getting uh, Vince Carter and uh, Boston making their trade for or picking up Rasheed Wallace, I think the the momentum now switched back to the East and the East will be you know pretty much gaining a lot of recognition this year in the NBA season. And we have talked about Boston. What do you think? You know, what should they do about uh, Stephon Marbury? You know, they picked him up midway through the season uh, from the New York New York Knicks. And most part, I, my personal opinion, I think Stephon Marbury fit fit in there with their chemistry uh, mid-season as well as in the playoffs. Uh, do you see Stephon Marbury getting picked up by another team as well as getting a long-term deal? 
Well, I tell you what, he he's in a uh, he he's in a tough situation because you know he had an opportunity. Well, our teams had an opportunity to get him last year when he was sitting, you know, on the bench with the Knicks, and nobody wanted him. And uh, you know, I I I don't know where Stephon Marbury is going to go. I don't know if he's going to stay with Boston because it's, you know he's probably going to get very little playing time at Boston. Uh, you, you hope somebody else would pick him up. But, Lamont, you made the comment that, you know, the momentum have shifted to the east, and I totally disagree with that. I still, do, I still think the west is uh, the tougher, you know, part of, you know, the NBA. And, you know, you have more teams in the west battling each other than you have on the eastern side. So I, I kind of, like, disagree with the shift part. Well, we've well, we, we got to agree to disagree, but at the same time, I think momentum – it's switching back to the East. You got Turk Lou being signed by the Toronto Raptors, uh, which is in the East. You got, um, you know, like I stated before, Orlando making moves. You got Atlanta making moves. I mean, they picked up Jamal Crawford as well. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's not as competitive game in, game out like in the West. But the momentum, when I say sw- uh, switching, you know, only time will tell. We'll see by the All Star break who's dominating in, you know, in the East or in the West. But it'd be very interesting to see this year. And I mentioned Turkaloo, so let's talk about that trade. Uh, Turkaloo pretty much changed his mind from last week, Jacob. One minute he's going to Portland, now he, he changed his mind and called his agent and said he wanted to sign with uh, Toronto Raptors. So, you know, he went out there on the record and said it was a better fit for him and his family. But uh, I really didn't see too many Raptors games this past year, so I really don't know what kind of chemistry, what kind of style of offense they play. But all I can say is that from watching Turkaloo in his playoffs, I know he has great size. He's a great shooter, and as well as you know, he creates a matchup problems in the East Conference with with the Celtics, as well as the Cavaliers. So all in all, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table for the Raptors. Well, I didn't I didn't think Portland was a good fit for him because you know if you add him to that Portland Trailblazer team, now you're taking shots away from Brandon Roy, and uh, you know when when he signed with Toronto, I thought that was a great acquisition by Toronto, but I thought it was a good decision by Turkaloo because now you know now, Toronto doesn't have a three that can shoot it the way that Turkaloo can shoot it. And with the with the addition of Turkaloo, it takes pressure off of Chris Bosch in the middle now, and I think they're a whole lot better team with the acquisition of uh, Turkaloo. Real quick, we got less than a minute before our next break. Sean Marion, should Raptors keep him or let him go? Let him go. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, he's probably signing with the Dallas. I think he should go back to New York with Dan Tony, where he was successful back in the Phoenix days. So when we come back after this short break. We'll continue talking NBA as well as wrap up the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Dreher on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports what's it like what's it like it's lonely it's really lonely i miss my brother i miss my brother i'm surrounded by other people but it's not the same i've got other people around me but it's not the same 
It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary, Ryan, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always me. wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, we're in our last segment, man, and the show been going pretty good so far with this heated debate, uh, topics about NBA trades uh, throughout the show. So let's go ahead and finish up the show with some more NBA stuff. Uh, let's talk about this Jason Kidd resigning with Dallas, Davis, uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm sorry. Uh, the New York Knicks have made an offer to Jason Kidd, a three-year deal. Uh, but Mark Cuban, man, got on that airplane, jet, private jet, went up there and, and pretty much talked to uh, Jason Kidd and kind of told him that, hey, Whatever offer they're going to make you, we, we give you more. And, and he was a man of his word. Gave him a three-year deal for $25 million. So uh, uh, it's stated that Jason Kidd will re-sign with the Dallas Mavericks this week. Uh, about the Jason Kidd uh, experiment down there in uh, Dallas, Jacob, do you, know, you know, what you think of it? What's your take on this uh, Jason, Kidd, uh, Jason Kidd re-signing back with the Dallas Mavericks? Well, I tell you what, you know, Jason Kidd is getting a little older, and I don't know if he could – I don't know if he fits well with the with the uh, D'Antoni uh, offense in New York because it's more of an up pace offense. Uh, so maybe this was a great move by Jason Kidd, you know, to go back to Dallas because they slow it down, uh, you know, in terms of bringing the ball up the court in Dallas. But I, I think if Jason Kidd was in his prime, I thought the D'Antoni, you know, New York Knicks, Knicks situation would have been a great choice for him. But I can understand why he signed uh, with Dallas, and hey, it's it's a great move by Jason Kidd. Yeah, but you know, two things: New York was kind of bringing Jason up there to kind of help them with the next year free agent market, kind of recruit some of these top free agents that be in the market: LeBron James, uh, Dwayne Wade, uh, Chris Bosh. But I also think that Mark Cuban couldn't afford to lose not money wise, not finance wise. He couldn't lose 
uh, Jason Kidd, but from a team chemistry standpoint, he couldn't afford to lose Jason Kidd because who, you know, you have that kid that came off the bench that played pretty well in the playoffs, but who will replace Jason Kidd and kind of glue everything together? Yeah, Jason sometimes didn't play great. You know, he, I think he averaged somewhere like nine, ten points throughout the season. But, you know, for his presence on the court alone, you have to respect that. And he was able to be a general and, and put them, put that team together and kind of, you know, drive the lane and, and kick it out to Dirk Nowitzki. Well, you know, be a bit asset for Dirk and the style of play that he plays over there on the wing or, or off the high post. Right. Well, I think the heir apparent in Dallas, uh, you know, for Jason Kidd, is Barrera coming off the bench. Uh, I, I don't know if Barrera is ready for that position full time, and maybe that was one of the reasons why Mark Cuban wanted to bring Jason Kidd back. Uh, but you know, hey, Barrera is a great player, and I think you know he, he and he's a long term guy for the Dallas Mavericks. But this was a good move for Jason Kidd to come back and finish his career in Dallas. Yeah, he started in Dallas, and maybe he finished finish in Dallas, so he might go full circle, which is a good thing. Let's stay along with those point guards and let's talk about Mike Bibby. Uh, re-signing with the with the Atlanta Hawks with the Atlanta Hawks. I'm sorry, uh, Mike Bibby. He signed a three-year agreement for 18 million to return to the Hawks. Uh, Mike Bibby, from what I noticed in the playoffs, he was a great leader as well as he he, he productive on the offensive side for the Atlanta Hawks as well. Uh, you know, he took them to back-to-back playoff appearance since his two-year stitch there at the uh, in Atlanta. But you know, I want to see how you know if they if, if Marvin Williams. And uh, Jamal Crawford, I stated earlier, they picked up Jamal Crawford in, in a trade. I want to see how that fits together uh, this season, uh, as well as the other guy, Joe Johnson. You know, we stated Detroit, you know, are they going to go to a three-man, three-man set, three-guard set? And, you know, we're bringing in Jamal Crawford. You know he's going to stay. And with Marvin Williams there, I want to know if they're going to try to ship off Marvin Williams or are they going to try to find a way to fit that puzzle together and, and make it work this season. Well, I thought Michael Bibby signing for the Atlanta Hawks was a must uh, because he's a true point guard, and you're right, he's a general, and he directs, you know, that offense uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. I don't, I didn't think that Jamal Crawford could do that as a full-time point guard uh, because he's more of a two-slash-three type guy. He's definitely not going to move Joe Johnson as a shooter on that team. Uh, so, you know, I, I think what it does is. I don't think they're going to ship anyone away. I think Joe Jamal Crawford brings, you know, that six-man mode to Atlanta, and I think that's what they were looking for. Oh well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, investing three-year, eighteen million. I want to, you know, I don't know what they're telling him, so I don't know if he's coming in with a starter mentality or if he comes off the bench. But I think Marvin Marvin Williams played a little bit off the bench last year, and he did pretty well. So all in all, if they do decide to keep Marvin Williams, he'll be a great. Great guy coming off the bench. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, the L.A. Clippers. L.A. Clippers, man, uh, you know, after drafting Blake Griffin with the number one pick, uh, they traded power forward Zach Randolph uh, to Memphis Grizzlies. We talked about uh, uh, to Memphis Grizzlies for a swing man, uh, Quentin Richardson. Uh, Randolph, for the most part, Jake was productive in L.A. He, only, he averaged 20 points in 39 games, but uh, for some reason he got hit by that injury bug. I think he hurt his knee, and that pretty much cost him his time there in L.A. 
Well, I tell you what, Zach Randolph to me is a very, very productive guy. And I, 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 I really like his game, and I think this was a great, you know, acquisition by Memphis to bring Zach over because number one, you just drafted a big guy in to be from Connecticut, and here's a guy who could probably serve as a mentor in terms of you know, you know, bringing to be up through the system uh, with Memphis, and I, I just felt like this was a great. The great acquisition by Memphis is going to help, you know, uh, uh, Rudy Gay in terms of board help and, 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 and getting, you know, the ball out and, and transition. So this was a good pickup for Memphis. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, everybody's making some good moves. And, and speaking, about, speaking about making good moves, Dwayne Wade, you know, he, he was, had an interview this past weekend. He said that uh, his future – pretty much lies on, on what the team is trying to do as far as trying to get back to the NBA, which is the Miami Heat. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's gearing up for the 2010 free agent market where he'll be able to opt out his contract. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about Allen Iverson going down there to, to the, uh, Miami, and now I'm a big Allen Iverson fan. You know, I grew up, we grew up in the same hometown, but Allen's my man, but he's a, he's a chemistry killer, man. Uh, you know, if he goes down there to... To Miami, he's going to do his thing, and he's going to get his points. And you know, Dwayne Wade—that's his team down there. You know, you can—you know—he's going to work hard. He's going to play consistent. I don't—I don't see where Allen Iverson will be an asset for the Miami Heat going into next season. No, yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I agree. He's a—he's a chemistry killer. Uh, but you're right, Dwayne Wade, Miami Heat—that's his team. He has his brand on that team. But what he's telling the Miami Heat is, hey. I'm a free agent next year. Show me that you guys are, st- you know, you guys still want to win a world title, and I'll stay here. If you don't show me that, I'm out of here. And I, I think that's the way you handle it. You you throw that ball back into the front office, you know, and let them know that hey, the ball is in your court. You need to show me that you want me here by bringing in some better free agents. And and that was a great move by Dwayne Wade to say that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see who they bring in. Uh, that market is going to be very exciting heading into the 2010 season for agent mark. So I want to see how they, you know, and uh, as well as the draft. So we'll see who's going to blossom and who's going to be available for the Miami Heat. Jacob, well, less than two minutes before we wrap up the show, real quick, let's talk about the Wimbledon. I want to congratulate Serena Williams for beating her sister, Venus Williams. That's crazy, huh? Uh, yeah. For her third Wimbledon title, her 11 grand slam. I'm a big Serena Williams fan. And I, pretty much the Williams family, I like them. You know, maybe we might be related, but I want to just say congratulations to Serena for winning her third Wimbledon title. I agree. It, all, it almost reminded me of the way I used to treat my little sister when I was growing up. But, you know, here you have two siblings that are great tennis players, and, you know, I think both of them are probably one-two uh, uh, in tennis. And it, it's just good to see something like that on TV. It, it, it says a lot about, you know, uh, competition among siblings, and I thought it was a great matchup. Yeah, as well as Robert uh, Roger Federer and won his 15 major titles, so I want to give him a shout-out to and show him some love. So, Jacob, it's time for us to thank, uh, thank all the listeners for listening to the Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.